Hello, I'm Natasha Mirosh. Welcome to Extra Virgin Postcards, where I invite a guest from around the world to share what they love about where they live, what there is to see and do, and where to eat and drink. You'll get insights that only a local would know. So whether you're looking for destination information or just armchair travelling, let this Extra Virgin Postcard take you away. Hey, my name is Erica Firpo. I'm a journalist. I live in Rome, Caput Mundi. And I'm guessing you're wondering about the accent. I'm Italian and American, born in the US, living La Dolce Vita for full time for about, I don't know, 18 years. I, I always tell people I was born with the best of both worlds, Italy, Rome, because that's where my family's from, and the US. Okay, I'm, I'm not gonna be biased. Rome is the best city in Italy. It's, you know, to some it's in the south, to some it's in the center. It's central, south, moving towards the west coast and you know what let's just be honest it's the center of everything art architecture food history rome is where it all began ended and then began again the city has the weight of three millennia on its shoulders which means it can be a little rough around the edges but once you get to know rome she is so lovable the city is incredibly friendly walkable and just plain beautiful i mean where else can you spend a morning walking around, looking at great Baroque churches, grabbing a cup of coffee, stepping inside, and finding a hidden Caravaggio. And then you head back, and the next thing you know, you're stumbling around the remains of an ancient temple. I mean, Piazza di Pietra, anyone? It's fantastic. A lot of people ask me, what is Rome like? It's such a big city. And I say, don't be fooled. Rome is a small town. Or at least the historic center is a small town. It's a borgo and it's delineated, it's like encapsulated in, in these ancient Aurelian walls from the first century AD. So it's like, it's been this city since, or I mean, my husband might tell me I'm wrong, oops, because he's the archeologist, but it's, it's been this way since maybe, I guess it's the second century. Everything, kind of everything that happens in Rome is in the center, historically. But you know what, it has sprawled out. You know, when people talk about Rome, they talk about the seven hills and those would be the Aventine, Capitoline, Celio, Esquilino, Palatino, Quirinale, and Viminale. And obviously the Capitoline is the most important. That's where, that's like the head of it all. But Rome isn't just those seven hills. In fact, actually the landscape is beautiful because it's an undulation of hills. We've got the Pincio, the Genicolo, the Monte Mario. So it's like this beautiful undulation of hills and valleys with Baroque architecture and capped by beautiful and epic domes. In fact, we all know the biggest, Michelangelo. And then Rome expands, the city sprawls. Metropolis Rome goes far past, far past the confines of the walls. And the nice thing about that is once you get out, the architecture changes. It's not just limited to Renaissance and Baroque. We have some incredible niche neighborhoods of modern architecture and even some contemporary monuments. But then, you know, because Rome is a layer cake, you know, we're building on centuries and millennia of history. You know, the joke is anytime, anytime you want to build something or, you know, move around your, your like cantina, you're, you're going to find something ancient. So modern Rome or contemporary Rome is really not seen in the center because if there's any restoration done, you're going to find something old. So you have to go out. The other thing that I love about Rome is that it has beautiful, beautiful parks and some of, they are some of the biggest in Europe. So there's a lot of green spaces. It's not always obvious, but you know, Villa Borghese is there, Villa Bonfili, Villa Gloria, Villa Ada, which was the park of the king. 
And then, you know, we're kind of one of those funny city <laughs> where we have a country within our own city. So we have the Città del Vaticano, Vatican City, just literally just off the historic center. And then I like to remind people, we've got Mare e Montagna. We're 30 minutes from the beach, Ostia, Fregene, Macarese, and you know, also, oh, by the way, there's an incredible archeological site, Ostia Antica, which is like, in my opinion, better than Pompeii. And you can head out to the mountains and the countryside, you know, so starting even as, as close as 45 minute drive outside of the city, there are mountains, there's lakes. A lot of people ask me, what to see and do in Rome? And, you know, the answer is what isn't there to do in Rome? You know, first of all, you're gonna to wanna to catch up on your ancient Roman history by actually going to it, visiting these incredible archeological sites above and underground, like the Colosseum, yes. Then San Nicola in Carcere, Citta dell'Acqua, the Museo delle Mure, where you can actually walk the ancient Aurelian wall. Like that, that's one of my favorite sites in this city. Then, you know, you're gonna to wanna to kind of refresh on the, on medieval Renaissance and Baroque art and architectural history. And that's about walking around, just walk through this, the neighborhoods around Trastevere, walk to the churches and head into some of these amazing collections. So Rome was rich in the Renaissance. We started having so much wealth and they built these incredible palaces that now are, are showcasing private collections, or not, or now they're public collections, like the Gallery Borghese, Palazzo Barberini, Villa Farnesino, which was a tiny like guest home for the Chigi family in the 1500s, decorated by none other than Raphael. I mean, it's, it's nuts. And then I love it because you, know, you, can jump into, you can jump into 1800s Rome by going to the Museo di Roma in Trastevere where there are life-size dioramas of what it was like living in Rome at the end of the 1800s. And then you're gonna to wanna to step into modern and contemporary. And you do that by going to La Galleria Nazionale, which is the national, Italy's national modern and contemporary art museum. So in essence, if you wanna catch up on everything that Italy is about artistically from the late 1700s, early 1800s to the present, that's where you head to. One of my favorite things to do is take architectural walks. So you can take architectural walks that are, you know, about antiquities and about the Renaissance and about Baroque, but I'm, I, I like going to futuristic Rome, an area that you never knew existed. I, I like seeing the rationalist architecture of the 1930s. You can ride a bike down the oldest, road, the oldest road in the empire, the Via Piantica. Again, another mind-blowing thing. It's also really bumpy. And that's, that's just the beginning. You know, I love going to the Stadio for an AS Roma game. I like going to the nearby auditorium, which was designed by Renzo Piano for music. There's the Maxi, which is the, the contemporary art museum. And of course, you know, when you are in Rome, it's all about the food and there's so much, literally everybody has an opinion on what's best. What's a typical weekend for me? Probably, so I, I'm married to an archeologist and we're both super nerdy, so there's always gonna be something cultural, whether it's a site visit, a visit to an underground, uh, a museum visit, an exhibition. So for example, the most recent was this past weekend, I went and saw the Raphael show at the Domus Aurea. So that's kind of cool because Domus Aurea, Nero's Golden Palace from the first century, an underground site, you know, it ends up getting filled up, gets rediscovered in the 1500s. Apparently Raphael is one of the guys that walked there. So now in the 21st century, we're allowed to visit it. And what they did was they created this really cool show where they um, projected 
Raphael images in the octagonal dining room. So you could see how what he was seeing, the grotesque and the design from the Domus Aurea influenced some of his design and ornament. Okay, so yes, I'm going to a museum or an exhibition. Then I'll probably bike ride along the Tiber or walk. And you know, there's always gonna be gelato or grattacheca involved. My husband and I are big fans of views, so we love going to a piazza or a rooftop for drinks. And then of course, we're gonna eat something really great, whether it's pizza romana, carbonara, or fish. You're about to ask me where to eat and drink. So first and foremost, when in Rome, you need to know the Pantheon. And I'm not just talking about that awesome temple in the middle of the city. For me, the Pantheon it are, are dishes. The Pantheon of dishes are carbonara, grisha, cacio pepe, and amatriciana. Those primi are fundamental. I am particularly partial to carbonara, and I, I love my favorite of all time, and you can hear him on my podcast, is Luciano Monosilio and his restaurant, Luciano Cucina, just off of Campo dei Fiori. Now, the question is, like, what do you like for pizza? So I'll go to Testaccio Market for pizza by the slice from Casamanco, and then I'll probably pick up a sandwich at Mordevai or Trapezino. Both of them do these kind of filled, these sandwiches filled with Roman recipes, like lingua, salsa verde, and I mean, other incredible delights. And it, you know, stand up, take it, walk around, eat it. It's great. I also will make it a point to head into Trastevere to Via San Francesco Aripa for pizza picante and suppli al telefono. So those are two typical Roman street foods. Suppli is like a rice ball filled with mozzarella. I can't even explain the good beauty of it all. <laughs> and then pizza picante is a slice of what looks like a marinara pizza. So a slice of red pizza or a pizza rossa, but it's spicy, super spicy, all good. Usually I'll also do a little shopping. I'll go next door to the Antica Cacciara, which is a decades old salumeria, a delicatessen. I'll pick up some copiette, pork kind of jerky, little spicy, some fresh ricotta that is brought in by shepherds and some prosciutto di montagna. Like, you know, it's, it's, eating is not a problem in Rome. My insider tip, be patient. Rome deserves that. After all, she's been showing off for three millennia. And if you're all about planning, which ladies, some people can be really plenty, organize your tickets in advance, but make sure to take a block of time out just for wandering aimlessly because that's when you'll find the real Rome. Thanks for having me. Ci vediamo a Roma. You've been listening to Extra Virgin, a podcast for the Epicurious. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can follow Extra Virgin Food and Travel on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't already, go to Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and leave a review.